I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fit the Mission. January 6th will forever be remembered as the day that insurrectionists try to overtake the nation's capital. Former President Donald Trump's fingerprints on that historic moment will also be remembered. But Gavin Newsom picked today to mark something else, his inauguration for his second term as the governor of California. It's not a coincidence. It's on purpose. That's because Newsom continues to position himself and the state in opposition to conservatives across the country. He did that when he was first inaugurated in 2019. There's an administration in Washington that is clearly hostile to California values and California's interests. And though right-wing activists tried to take him down with last year's recall election, he was able to defeat them, pointing fingers directly at Trump in his victory speech, saying that he'd failed in his efforts to shatter democracy, which Newsom said is as fragile as an antique vase. You can drop it and smash it in a million different pieces. And that's what we're capable of doing if we don't stand up to meet the moment and push back. Then in November, when California voters re-elected Newsom, he contrasted himself with conservative leaders. We have governors that won their re-election tonight in other states that are banning books, that are banning speech, that are banning abortion. And here we are in California moving in a completely different direction. That's a deep point of pride. Today on Fifth Emission, Chronicle political reporters Dustin Gardner and Sophia Bolag join me to discuss Newsom's policy legacy so far and the national profile he's bringing into his second term. Though he continues to deny his presidential ambitions in 2024, Newsom has been displaying his political power on the national stage. What does that mean for California and his governorship? Dustin, Sophia, thanks for being here. I want to start by asking the both of you, How would you characterize Newsom's first term? Obviously, there's been a lot of high stakes and drama, like the recall election. Sophia, what stands out? Yeah, so I think Newsom's first term really ended up largely being defined by the pandemic. He came into office with all these lofty goals about early childhood, boosting education efforts for the state's youngest kids. And he, uh, you know, said that California was going to build millions of new homes on, on his watch, also improving the healthcare system in California. And he did make at least some progress on all of those fronts. But then in 2020, when the pandemic hit, a lot of his ambitions were really put on the back burner. And then, of course, the recall hit. And once that qualified, that became another, you know, what looked like it was going to be a defining part of his governorship, and it was unsuccessful. So that ended up being a really, really a vindication for his governance prior to the pandemic and through the pandemic. And and Dustin, what stands out to you? It was the first term of really low lows and ending on on a significant high for him in the last year or so. Um, Like Sophia mentioned, you know, he did come in with this really lofty, ambitious, progressive policy agenda. And really just events did not allow Newsom to pursue a lot of that agenda, or at least it distracted from a lot of it. And, you know, when I've talked to legislators about his performance, one of the things I kept hearing a lot um, in, in the last couple of years is that he's been drinking from a fire hose. He just had kind of one thing after another from COVID to wildfires to to drought. 
And I think he did have a lot to grapple with. But this last year, as the state has started clawing back from the pandemic and has seen, you know, it's a record budget surplus up, up until more recently, that surplus has started to evaporate. But in general, this last year has been a lot more positive for Newsom's so had a lot of curveballs. Um, but in general, it seems like he kind of hit his stride in the later part of his first term. And Dustin, let's talk a little bit about some of the highlights of Newsom's leadership. Folks have spotlighted his efforts to establish California as a sanctuary for abortions for people needing those services from other states. What else has been sort of notable about his policies? One of the biggies that really stands out is climate. Um, he's really tried to brand himself as a leader on climate change. He championed um, the policy to ban the sale of most new gas-powered cars in California by 2035. He signed a whole bunch of bills this past legislative session to um, ramp up the state's climate goals and create a faster path for the state to phase out fossil fuels in, in the electrical industry and other sectors. Homelessness has also been a key, huge priority. He succeeded this year in getting the legislature to pass his care court proposal to allow um, counties to mandate more people to receive treatment and also dramatically increase support they get from the state to fund that kind of treatment. Um, this is, you know, the severely mentally ill and those with severe addictions. And I mentioned before the budget surplus um, under his leadership, the state has had a couple of record surpluses. And so a lot of um, his big moments have been decisions about how some of these record sums get divvied up and directed that money to priorities. And another big area is just the economic success of the state. California has led the country um, in, in job gains over the last couple of years. We have had record low unemployment, a disproportionate share of the national job gains have been in the state. So the governor really has been able to claim leadership during an era of a lot of economic success. And now we're starting to see sort of the, the winding down of that, that era of prosperous growth. Now, Sophia, let's talk about the flip side of that. What are some main criticisms that Newsom faces as he heads into the, his second term? You've noted he was able to defeat the recall, but he still has his critics. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that you know, depending on the issue, there's there's different critiques of Newsom. Obviously, his opponents on the right will say he's too liberal. There are some, you know, opponents of his on the left who say he's not liberal enough. But I think overall, one of the primary critiques I've heard throughout his time as governor on pretty much every issue is that he'll make these big sweeping promises and then under deliver. You know, homelessness and housing has been a big focus of his for a long time. And he hasn't really made that significant of a dent, at least at this point, in the housing shortage that we have here in California that is a big contributor to the really high cost of living. It's not necessarily for lack of, of trying. It's just a really big, intractable problem. He likes to talk about how uh, you know, these problems existed before he came into office and good enough never is, is a, a common refrain you hear from him when you listen to him talk. Natural disasters that the state faces are also, you know, a big one that he has to constantly be grappling with. Challenges related to the pandemic. I would say that that, that main critique that I hear about him that sort of spans all the different areas he works on um, is that he sometimes overpromises and underdelivers. Um, and that's something that I think he's going to have to really fight as he heads into this second term, as he's trying to build a national profile for himself, if he can really make some significant progress on these big 
thorny problems that California faces, that would be a big deal. And if he doesn't, you know, I think that's going to be a mark on his record. I want to talk about his national ambitions a bit more. But Sophia, does he also face critique from his progressive allies? What do they want to see more of from him? Yeah. So I think, you know, at the end of last year, he really got a lot of praise from environmentalists, as as Dustin alluded to, with some of his more ambitious climate work. But I think earlier in his term, he was criticized for not doing enough in that space. Another area that gets a lot of attention, or at least did, is single-payer health care. So he campaigned on supporting single-payer health care. There was a proposal going through the legislature as he was running his first campaign for governor. He came out in support of that bill. He said it's time for California to pursue a single-payer health care plan where essentially the government runs the health care system. That's a, been a big goal for a lot of progressives And Newsom really has not made any really significant progress toward that, even though he has said he supports it. I think that's something that a lot of liberal activists really fault him for. More with Sophia Bolag and Dustin Gardner after a quick break. Newsom says he won't run for president in 2024, but we'll talk about the national political power he's been building as governor. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Dustin Gardner, Governor Gavin Newsom has positioned himself as a national progressive leader, but he's insisted that he won't run for president in 2024. At the same time, though, he's spent ad money to challenge Republican leaders in Florida and Texas. Why did he do that? And what did that achieve? The governor, it really seems, has been trying to build himself as a political brand, as a progressive political brand, as a pragmatic progressive political brand. And this has been a shift from the first couple of years of his administration. He was much more often on the defense and much more focused on on things at home. You know, he would talk about California as being sort of a nation state. And it seems, you know, that his political calculations really kind of changed after the recall. I think the governor seems to have started to see himself more as a national player and he can't kind of, you know, play on the sidelines. He has to be in in the deep end with Democrats fighting nationally. He says he doesn't want to run for president. There's a lot of doubt about that um, in Sacramento. What is he really setting up, if not for this next time, you know, some point down the road? And taking on DeSantis and other national Republican leaders in just a much more aggressive tone. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a shift there. And I, I think he just realized that he is a cultural figure in progressive politics. You know, he's not just the governor of the largest state. He's seen as one of the most powerful Democrats outside of Washington in the country. And I think Newsom is putting a lot more stock into that political power. And Sophia, Newsom's inauguration is falling on the second year anniversary of the January 6th Capitol insurrection. There will be a celebration on the state Capitol. Why is that significant? What sort of opportunity does that present to Newsom on how he plans to position California to the rest of the country? I mean, it's definitely intentional, that timing. Newsom picked January 6th in part to draw a contrast between California and the rest of the country. And I think that he wants to use the imagery of his inauguration 
to contrast with what we saw in the nation's capital on January 6th, two years ago, he enjoys very broad support in California, in large part because there's a really strong partisan voter registration advantage in his favor. Democrats outnumber registered Republicans in California roughly two to one. State government in California is completely controlled by Democrats. It's not just the governor's office, the state legislature. So uh, we're going to see all those other you know, political players there at the inauguration cheering him on. And I think he really wants to play up that contrast at his inauguration. Mm. Now, Dustin, at the same time, Newsom has also made it a point to be critical of his own Democratic Party. Why? Yeah, the governor, he really spoke out last summer um, a- after the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. And one of his main criticisms was that Democrats had not done enough to, to emphasize that issue and emphasize the ways that women's rights were being eroded in different par- parts of the country. It's not often that we see the governor criticize Democrats nationally, and he seems like he's really backed off of that rhetoric, particularly after Nancy Pelosi pushed back against it. But I, I, I think w- his comment was telling in a sense, though. It seems like Newsom is wanting Democrats nationally to be more aggressive uh, and more taking on Republicans from a stance of offense, not defense. Democrats seem to have done well on last year in the midterm elections. Abortions really seems to have resonated, but it does seem like he he wants the party to kind of take a, a page from the playbook that he's been leaning into more the last year and a half or two years. Mm-hmm. Now, Sophia, let's look ahead a bit. You know, there's so many issues that are top of mind for Californians at the moment. High gas prices, homelessness. What has Newsom said he plans to tackle immediately as he begins his second term? Newsom answered this question pretty directly right after he voted for himself in the the general election back in November. And what he said to, to me and to other reporters who were there talking to him was that he really wants to focus on housing and homelessness. And so I, I anticipate he's he's planning to stick with that. Since winning re-election, he has, uh, you know, really sought to make it clear that that's a really big priority for him. He uh, announced that he was going to withhold funding from cities, homelessness funding, because their plans weren't weren't good enough. Not just cities, but also counties and and other local agencies that deal with homelessness, including here in the Bay Area, right? Yes, including here in the Bay Area, and. He has agreed to release, I think at this point, most, if not all of that money. And I think he's going to continue to really try to to make a dent on that issue, to make housing more affordable and to get more people off the streets and potentially, you know, into treatment if if they need it. Now, Dustin, certainly, you know, Californians will be looking closely at Newsom's leadership as he implements policies for the state. But You know, if he does pursue these speculated presidential ambitions, what do you think he has to prove in the second term now? I think in the most basic sense, he has to prove that he can govern smoothly. We've been in a state of chaos in California throughout his administration for reasons that were out of his control. Um, You know, we talked about COVID and fires and drought. There are things that 
are really just good governance issues that the state's still grappling with. You know, it was just a few months ago this past summer where we faced another threat of rolling blackouts, um, th- things like that. I think Newsom's record is really going to be scrutinized over his ability to keep government functioning at the most basic level in California. That's the, the criticism that Republicans across the country like to lob at the state, that California is sort of this dystopian, ungovernable place where, where things are chaotic. And Newsom has to show that the state can deal with natural disasters and drought and heat waves and things effectively without allowing it to shut down the, the economy and society in general. So I, th- I think that's the, the first thing. And then I think the second thing is that he has to show that he can avoid gaffes. Like I said at the start, his tenure as governor has been defined defined by really low lows like the French laundry controversy um, and high highs like this past year with some of his wins with the budget surplus and abortion policy. So I think he needs to show that he can avoid more personal scandals. It's, you know, it's not just his time as governor where, where his work has been overshadowed by personal missteps. That was true as mayor of San Francisco. So I think he needs to show that he can avoid uh, more self-inflected wounds in that sense. Well, Dustin, Sophia, thanks for helping me reflect on Newsom's first term and look forward to talking about the second term with both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Dustin Gardner and Sophia Bolag are political reporters at The Chronicle. For coverage of Governor Newsom's inauguration and other political reporting, visit sfchronicle.com or The Chronicle app. Thank you to Francesca Fenzi and King Kaufman for editing this episode and for the production help, and to you for listening. 